The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy upon me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime receive your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that, so that he may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. Peace be to you who read the good tidings unto all the people. name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I was listening to both the epistle and the gospel being read by the reader and the deacon, I was thinking to myself, somebody could literally preach for days upon days on either of these passages and I don't even have hours. I have minutes. And if you combine that with what I experienced at Holy Cross during this last week, both in terms of being with the students and the faculty, being a part of a conference on speaking to secular America, the inauguration of the 21st president of the school and going and visiting the weeping icon of the Holy Theotokos Cardiotisa at uh, the Church of the Ascension, which was a bonus. Um, I could speak for another few uh, weeks on that as well. But I'll say more about the uh, weeping icon during Theology 101. There's some amazing, amazing things to say about that. You know, it is a great blessing for us when we have a feast day or saints that we commemorate that so beautifully dovetail with the gospel passage and the epistle reading as it happens today. 
Today, the first day of November, we commemorate two, we call them unmercenary healers. In Greek, ai anagiri, which means that anagiri means they took no silver for anything that they did because freely they had received everything that they had, everything they were, and by which everything they were doing as a free gift from God. And so they wanted out of thanksgiving as stewards of all that they had received from God to give it back freely. And so they had made a commitment to themselves, to each other, to God, that they would use their gifts without charging, without payment. But their whole life was one of constantly pouring themselves out in love. And we heard in the epistle reading all of the beautiful characteristics and attributes of love. They, in every person that they encountered, recognized the image of God. And they approached and interacted and dealt with every single person in their life as if they were treating them just like they would treat Christ. And the whole gospel reading is precisely about somebody who literally stepped over somebody every day who was made in the image of God. But this rich man who remained nameless did not recognize that day after day after day. And, and the story is so drastic. I mean, it is so amazing to think of the condition of poor Lazarus. So much so that he was so alone, so sick, so afflicted, that even the dogs would come and lick his sores and there was nobody there to defend him or protect him or cover him or drive away those dogs. And then we have this incredible insight to life after death in order to show that the rich man who had all of the earthly blessings, he had been given so much. Now think back to Saints Cosmas and Damien. Freely we have received, freely we give back. The more we have received, the more accountable we are to give back. He who has been given much to much is expected. And this rich man had indeed been given so much. And yet, what did he do with it? If he was going to ignore somebody that was right outside of his doorstep and step over him every day, you can imagine the state of his interior life. How impoverished he was on the inside, even though on the outside he was so rich. I think one of the questions that this gospel poses to us is what good are riches? What what good are gifts and talents? What good are any of these gifts and blessings that we receive if we do not share them? St. Simeon the New Theologian gave us an image of a person who had an incredible treasure chest. 
And inside that treasure chest were unspeakable jewels and coins and everything of tremendous value. And this man would carry the treasure chest around on his back and he would think to himself, what a rich man I am and what a great treasure I carry around on my back. But because the treasure chest was so heavy and he never took it off his back to spend any of it, it began to stoop him down so that he never remembered what was in the treasure chest and he kept looking down, down, down and never up, up, up and never took the treasure chest off of his back, opened it up and used it for his own good and for the good of those around him. And this image that St. Simeon, the new theologian, gives us is if we walk around as members of the body of Christ, which the epistle reading reminds us that we are, if we know that we are united to Christ and that we are part of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, which has the fullness of all that Christ gave to His disciples and has been safeguarded in every generation from then until the present day by the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we carry this around but we never share it, and we never see the people around us that are in need, and we never take that treasure box and open it and give them their material and physical needs as well as their spiritual needs. You see, Lazarus doesn't just represent somebody who has physical needs. But we can also look at the rich man as the Orthodox Church and the members of it. And we can see Lazarus as somebody who is spiritually sick spiritually afflicted, spiritually impoverished, spiritually alone and abandoned. And we who have all of this treasure can every day walk right over Him and never let Him know that God loves Him and what awaits Him if He was to receive a part of this treasure. Think about the clothing of the baptismal robe. Think about the living water. Think about the bread of life. Think about being a member of a community. Think about all of these images. And then it's not so hard to think about people who do not have these look a lot like Lazarus as described by the evangelist Luke. So my dear brothers and sisters, Love hopes all things, endures all things, it never fails, and it never ever seeks its own. Love always goes out. It always is for the good of the other. It is never self-centered. It is always life-giving. If we think about the love of God, God desires that every single human being that He has created would be in union with Him, would be the recipient of every blessing and treasure and fullness that He has to offer. He desires that every single person from Adam all the way until the last person conceived before the end would be a member of the body of Christ and would be eternally with Him as His bride. 
The question is, do we burn in our hearts in the same way as Christ's heart burns for every single human being? Us and all of those people that are outside of the walls of the church. We can be just like the rich man, stepping over them day after day, only thinking about what we want, what we need, what makes us feel comfortable, never really opening up the eyes of our heart to see the true condition of the people around us. When Andrew had encountered the Messiah, he came with enthusiasm and excitement to Peter and he said, Come and see. I think we found the one that the scriptures has promised us. And then Philip had the same exact opportunity when he had encountered Jesus personally in the flesh. And he went to to Nathanael and he said, Come and see. I think I found the pearl of great price. And when Peter and Nathanael came, they were able to encounter Jesus himself. And they no longer needed the testimony of Andrew and Philip because here he was. And then they later went to others and said, Come and see. And then the story from generation to generation continued. Except that today... When people say, come and see, they're not going to find Jesus in the flesh before them. When people answer the invitation to come and see, and hopefully we give them that invitation, they're going to see you, and they're going to see me. They're going to see our witness. They're going to, whether they think about it in this way or not, They are going to see whether we have Christ-like love. Whether our hearts are burning for their good. Whether we are witnesses enough for them to see Christ in us. May they see when they look at us the living gospel. A portrait. Maybe not perfect but enough for them to give glory to God. As it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to God. And then come and partake of that bread from heaven and that living water. May they take another look and say, I came and I was able to see Jesus because I saw His love in His people. I was enter, I was welcomed in to the body of Christ. May no one ever come through the threshold of these doors and not be enveloped with an authentic and sincere love. May the message that we give to people be almost as if, I am so glad you are here. We have been waiting for you. Welcome. And may that same message be transmitted when people see us interacting with them in our everyday life. Because there are Lazaruses in our family. There are Lazaruses in our workplace. There are Lazaruses in our neighborhoods. 
There are Lazaruses that we have been friends with a long time. But maybe we have not gone out of ourselves enough in burning love, the same love that God has for them, to the point where they can see Christ in us and they can see because of that their own nakedness, their own hunger, their own thirst, their own spiritual sickness, their own need, and rise up and come to the spiritual hospital. So my dear brothers and sisters, not only is it extremely important that this community be flowering and blossoming in its outreach and almsgiving to the community around us, and we have a long way to grow in that area, but I think it's also important that this church community, not for its own sake, but for the sake of the salvation of people around us, that we be messengers without words and with words of the good news, that we spiritually clothe the naked, that we spiritually feed the hungry, that we spiritually give water, living water, to the thirsty, that we spiritually tend to the wounds with the holy mysteries that the church has to offer to those who are literally being lit by the beasts. And may people say of us, we know that Christ dwells here because we see the love that these brothers and sisters have for one another and we see the love that they have for every single person that their, their paths cross. May we, like Saints Cosmas and Damien, realize that freely we have received and freely and abundantly we need to offer. And may we also recognize the image of God in every single human being. First ourselves, then in the people close to us, and then the people that are further away. Amen.